It's video and amnesty. Video and amnesty. This feels a strange nod in it in front of your camera. Uh, I know, I know. Well, it's no good. one that's looking at my... I mean, I'm looking good today as well. I look like shit. <laughs> no, but you smell amazing. I do smell amazing. I've got and I'm going to use my secret. <laughs> <laughs> it does smell very good. Um, my problem today is uh, I've done. I've not done any washing in a while, so I'm wearing a sort of combination of clothes. <laughs> so it's like all individually, they're actually pretty nice, so I don't wear them that often, like a nice shirt, a nice jumper and a nice pair of jeans, <laughs> but none of them go together. So it's like, it's like, uh, it's like Brian Bosworth's uh, big mix. He's, he's big uh, health shake that he has at the start, but it's alright, it's for the Komodo. Stood in front of the cupboard and poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> just try to catch stuff going as it goes I just had a piece in custard <laughs> <laughs> so hi everyone welcome to video Namaste. hi everybody <laughs> we're back baby <laughs> in brand new audio podcast form Pod- podcast <laughs> much uh, softer much maligned <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking raging. I'd rather all day in books, to be honest. <laughs> so we're here today. We're talking about winter warmers. Yes. Matter of fact, we talk about some films, uh, winter F- warmers, um, specifically nice. films that Aye. aren't about Christmas, but you might watch at Christmas time. Aye. Aye. No, this is good. Keep that going, man. Sustain that intensity. It's like watching a rapper freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on a roll. <laughs> Aye, 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 so it's basically like winter warmers. It's ones that you sit and you watch, and they could be snowy themed, they could be like sort of wintery, autumny themed, but they're not like conventionally Christmas films. Yeah, as such. Yeah. Well, I've I've written you know a wee, I mean? just a wee, dis- like describer. All right, Ooh, right, yeah, just of of what a winter warmer is. Right, right. so. A winter warmer is a film latticed within nostalgia, comfort, and escapism. Latticed? Latticed like the chips. Like <laughs> <laughs> latticed like a festive bake from Greg's. Uh, yeah, he's on it, he's back. B-O-T. The brand is returned. Bacon and last. <laughs> it can come from any decade, but more often than not, it was on the telly during the run-up to Christmas when you were wee. Winter warmers aren't exclusively set in powdered vistas, but they always imbue that same magical spirit. And the levels of coziness you experience while absorbing it from a cocoon of duvets and giant socks. Forget about it. Forget about hey. it. That's very nice, Danny. Is that does that work? I really like Are that. you on board with that? Yeah, yeah, that's total BBC Two. I didn't. You know. yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's what I was going for. Get on with This is BBC. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we need to get some of the Christmassy idents. Oh, aye. Oh. Mm. Just like to see them. Like, that's real warmth. No. That's what my selection is. <laughs> my favourite was definitely mid 90s BBC 2. <laughs> Just 25 minutes of Christmas Eye Dents. Okay, what I do miss is the annual tradition of getting the TV guide. Yeah. The Christmas Tele right. Guide. So, I, was, I even got in touch with. I never got Radio Times or anything like that when uh-huh. I was wee. And we always got what's on TV. That was right. the one because you remember you had to get Radio Times for the BBC and then TV Times for STV Channel Four. Was it? To, I really? Totally, yeah. What yeah. fucking disaster is that? I know. I know. So like, I was looking a bit for archival. Was it free for uh, TV listeners? Pairs. 
Well, what do you think? It's coming there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I was looking online for specifically what's on TV. There's nothing. I even got in touch with what's on TV, and I was like, "Any chance you've got like PDFs saved or anything?" And they're like, "No, nothing." PDFs. I, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I thought, how, <laughs> how do I sound like an absolute embarrassment? You got any microfiche? <laughs> <laughs> And also something to on us at disc. <laughs> <laughs> so she got back in touch. Sorry, no. You can go to the, like the British Library or something. They've got them all in a binder there. Hey, I'm not fucking. Who exactly. fucking goes there <laughs> intentionally? <laughs> Who goes there that isn't on a school trip? <laughs> but also imagine going into the fucking British Library. I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking for Argos V94. <laughs> right. I want to look up. Super Van City. <laughs> um, so, the, but I couldn't find any. Obviously, what's on TV? There's a few radio times, but apparently they they bend a lot of the BBC archival stuff. All right. Well, we'll not go into that. Quite poor. <laughs> Quite they, poor. There is, however, mm-hmm. an archive of TV times. Right. So obviously, it's only STV and Channel mm-hmm. Four that goes all the way up to 1989, nice. and it was really interesting, like seeing what. What premieres at Christmas? What premieres? Aye. And I forgot about, do you remember seeing TVM next to a film description? No. So that oh. meant that it had been cut for telly. Ah. So a TV, TV movie, right? right? Right. And it was basically any anything that was like pre-Watershed, but rated or certified like 15, 18, whatever, right? Mm. Although even sometimes after the Watershed, and that happened a lot with STV, I remember. Channel 4 were like, I fucking show anything, put a willy on that. I mean, I can't get the Tadgers out. <laughs> uh, Just yeah. a revolving door, he's kind of scud. <laughs> so I seen all that, and like, if you like, if you want an idea of what we had growing up, which yeah. is speci- like, obviously, this is a very, very specific thing to us, because we're all of a similar age group, yeah. and everybody else like is going to have different winter warmers, Aye, especially for on like, what they were exposed to growing no, up. No you younger know? listeners, but maybe listeners like yep. a generation behind them, they totally, have different stuff on. But. Totally, even that difference of like six, seven years, it's huge, Aye. you know, so like, but for us, we like, what I'd like to do is just go through a couple of things on this uh, TV Times archive, right? Mm. Just to Geezer. just to give you an idea what the uh-huh. times like, mm-hmm. and through podcast magic, you'll be able to pause me looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh yes, this is raw. This is raw. This ain't getting I know. Fight, fuck, we're not live streaming this. Remember that thing you used to do on TV guides? Am I am I remembering this rightly? You'd have all your main channels, and then mm. they'd have one column up the side that was just really dense. For some, for your, some of the satellite aye, channels aye. and you had the radio like your, as well your, your oh, aye, that's TV and all that day yep they had no descriptions they just had like fucking the matrix to look into they just had pure code <laughs> <laughs> it's all video plus code <laughs> I was about to say it's all video plus <laughs> so you video plus codes women in a red dress <laughs> I was going to say some chipters watching it. see your love zone it's something <laughs> Oh, fuck TVM. Only got you about a side tip. Just to give you an idea. What the fuck's that? It's cannon and ball. Jesus, suffering. Yep. The past was terrible, eh? It was. <laughs> Let's start with that. The fucking cover of this. Right, okay, so I've got it here. Oh, big Des. Des O'Connor. Des Light O'Connor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Hill. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a wee age gap here. <laughs> so uh, we've got the BFG on the cover. Ooh. 
The BFG uh, was on every Christmas day. Every Christmas. I yep. swear it was. Fucking hate it. Aye. It's like the Gruffalo now. Can I mean? Yep. Shit, I'd rather Martin Gruffalo. Look <laughs> <laughs> at the next. <laughs> We're out again. <laughs> uh, and then just under the BFG, there's an art, uh, a wee headline that says, Michael Aspel joins TV Times. <laughs> <laughs> imagine so, imagine your Christmas guide curated by Michael Aspel. <laughs> So like, like it's pretty cool, right? So cook. obviously you can just go through Ooh, page that's page. Jazzy. Is it issue? Is it? Issue yeah, it's a full yeah. issue, right? So mm-hmm. you've got uh, inside this week. Obviously, there's a wee interview with Bette Midler, and Jesus Christ, Bette Midler's looking pretty tasty here. <laughs> it's ruthless. It's I ruthless see. people, Bette Midler. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. You didn't see Finley's face there. <laughs> it's as if he just smelled a oh, shit. She just reminds me of like my mum's old hairdressing pals. <laughs> so you've What's got... the headline on it? Is it You Bet? <laughs> the bet best or... bet. Oh, fuck. I was going to say. Better. So you've got... Have... Right, guess what? There's one... Ad... Right, okay, there's three adverts at the bottom of this article, right, with Bette Midler. Kenko. No. Maxwell House. <laughs> <laughs> The English Riviera. Uh. <laughs> Visit the right. Okay, so you've got an advert for Cliff Ri- Cliff Richards' new documentary, uh-huh. Rock on mm-hmm. Cliff. How about no? <laughs> There's Michael Rock Aspen. on Cliff was that the worst party of time or something? <laughs> right. Okay, so we've got your films in Granada. It's the best I can get. So on Christmas. On the 23rd of December, 1989... Oh, we're getting tasty. Right, okay, so you give you an idea what was what was we were fucking subjected to. We had The Batman. The Batman? Uh, what one? So, um, it was the the TV series. Uh, okay. but, uh, but this is dated 1943. 1943, that... The Batman. It must have been... Anyway, half an hour long, Channel 4. Uh, followed by The Road to Zanzibar. Zanzibar <laughs> in the jungles of Zanzibar, uh, and like so, there's quite a lot of obviously like the Family Christmas fortunes. Carol and stuff like that. Mm. A film called Flood! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Her Majesty's. It better be his name and know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's obviously a fucking Bond film. Yeah, what one? On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Hey, it's a good gin. George Lazenby yeah. gets married. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank fuck somebody took him. But this is just for no one's favourite Bond film. You're fucking heathen. <laughs> You're fucking maybe. I remember when I remember that being. No, I've not seen specifically that year, but I remember that being on telly and my step, like my stepdad, walks into the room while I'm watching it. Oh, this is when he gets married and she gets fucking killed. <laughs> Thank you. And then he stands, he stands and watches the scene. There you go. <laughs> Who is it that he marries? Oh, is it not? Oh, it's a good woman for the Avengers, I think. Uh, Emma Peel. No, she was in... Is it not Emma Peel that he gets married to at the end of some Secret Service? Yeah, do you is know what? Keep getting it wrong because I love the idea of James Bond fans getting <laughs> fucking raging at this. <laughs> Stop getting Bond wrong. <laughs> yeah, don't they, I? And was he not played... Uh, was it... Was he not Faye Dunaway? <laughs> Is she fade on away his odd job? <laughs> <laughs> Just throws a wee ball on that. <laughs> right, so Christmas Day 1989, the BFG, uh, the snowman, <sighs> down and out in Beverly Hills. <laughs> hey, you know something? Obviously, Beverly Hills Ra- <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark, ah, yes. Return of the Jedi, oh. Danny Champion of the World. No. 
<laughs> no. Right, so this is, the, this is the kind of thing that was on growing up. So, what, as you can tell, it's not specifically just Christmas films. Um, Auntie's bloomers. Uh, has to be on there. Uh, oh, no, this is just the film, so... It'll be all right I... in the night. Seven. <laughs> oh, God. Gets to the point where it's him, Danny's ain bloopers. <laughs> on all right in the night. <laughs> she left me. <laughs> can they show the Tommy Cooper death on one of them? They did not. No, nah, they didn't. Know <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when I was thinking about like films that qualify as winter warmers, right? Uh-huh. There's subcategories, right? Aye. So oh. you've uh uh-huh, So you've got fantasy, uh-huh, which okay. is like Excalibur, Crawl, Dragon Slayer, Lady Hawk, Sword and the Sorcerer, all that. Conan mm-hmm. the Destroyer. Uh huh. All the fantasy numbers, and then you've got like the classics. Right, so fact that like that might work for folk. Oh, it doesn't work for fucking me. But you've got <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia, Ten Commandments, which I actually fucking love. Doctor Shivago, all that. Oh, aye. Mm-hmm. right. So you've got family films as well. Like again, eighties is fuck stuff. So it's like Harry and the Hendersons, Cocoon, Big E.T., basically any. Cocoon. Watching Cocoon, man. <laughs> Mum, don't come in. I'm watching Cocoon, and it's at an exciting bit. Danny's locked his door. <laughs> Danny's locked his door he's watching Cocoon <laughs> the boy loves Danny I am <laughs> I like to hang out the window wa- the window washer scene you and went and chapped the door oh it's Brian Denny here it's always getting mixed up the fuck all I like is there no Courtney Cox do you? Courtney Cox are you hanging the Masters of the Universe no she's in Cocoon no she's not Courtney Cox is in Cocoon this is fucking James Bond all over again Courtney Cox she's Jaws Courtney Cox is in Cocoon anyway. <laughs> telling you and then you've got your adventures as well, right? So that's the other, that's the big four. Fantasy, classic, family, adventures. So like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Golden Child, Romance in the Stone. Mm. I like would that. throw in an extra fifth in there. Oh, Which I? for me would be classic comedies. Classic comedies? See, your kind of, your uh, Three Stooges. And right, your, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Your um, Harold Lloyds and your Buster Keatons and that. Mm-hmm. Right about, in there. What about your sort of ITV action films? Such as? Go. Hit me. Yeah, I'm, like I'm, I'm, I was like, I'm, I'm sort of. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, the, like you know, I was trying. To, suddenly, all the ones that were coming to my head were like fucking Shane Black at Christmas, but huh? you know that sort of that sort of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like your Dickies. Um, yeah, big lads. Huh? I, yep, I, like, again, it's this totally subjective thing. It is very, very, very much down to who you are and what you were exposed to growing up, and like I think nostalgia plays a big part in it. Um, but like no strictly I found as well there was a good few modern films that, that made the list mm-hmm. Be- but again because they kind of remind me of being young mm-hmm. or like like where the well things are was one I was going to talk about right but the sort of, the sort of things it's nice to watch sitting by a big gas heater aye uh-huh. <laughs> so right aye you want, to, you want to go over briefly what we're going to talk about before we go into our first film I will do each episode right okay cool so Richie um, you're going to discuss I'm going to discuss a wee fantasy number. <laughs> um, am I doing the title now? Aye? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's in the fucking episode title. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just got every episode redacted. I'm going to do a wee fantasy number because fantasy, I think, is the biggest one for me for the winter warmers because all those kind of 80s fantasy jobs, um, they're very dreamlike, but they're also very kind of wet and the sort of film that makes you happy to be indoors when you're watching it does that make sense like you want you want it to be cold outside and just appreciating it very sort of condensation laden exactly exactly Mm -hmm. lots of uh, 
mist and things mm. like that. Fog, dry ice. Yeah. Big snowy mountains and that as well. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about Time Bandits. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've been in Robin for years, but I've never seen anything like this. Crammed. And you, you acquired all this by yourselves? Well, it was a good day, Mr. Hood. Jolly good day. It's nice, isn't it? Rather. Well, I mean, what can I say? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all very, very much indeed. <laughs> oh, don't mean... What? Well, I mean, it's frightfully kind of you. The poor are going to be absolutely thrilled. Uh, have you met them at all? Who? The poor? The poor? Oh, you must meet them. I just know you'll like them. Charming people. Of course, they haven't got two pennies to rub together, but then that's because they're poor. <laughs> <laughs> It was difficult because there was a whole bunch, but like there's a there's a bunch for me that I associate with this time of year that kind of feel like they've been overdone or talked to death, like <laughs> you know, like your labyrinths or your dark crystals or your never-ending story or <laughs> I, yeah, you know yeah. what. But I, I, I think that's that something same. we're going to safely just so everybody knows we're not going to sit and tell you all about Back to the Future too. <laughs> you know? It's like, although it's absolutely that film uh, and I fucking love it every Christmas time, but yeah. no, we're not going aye, to. We do, we do it is tough the way Specifically, you have to find, been, aye, exactly. Aye, it's been killed to death. Aye. Because, like, because this time of year really is about the just the, the absolute basic. Like, you're not watching a big, heady kind of uh, intellectual number. Uh, you're not watching the Adjustment Bureau. <laughs> 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 doors on the doors, lads. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Time Bandits is uh, Time Bandits is definitely one of those films, I think. And um, yeah, it, fall, it falls into all those categories. You've got your fantasy. It's a bit cheap. It's all shot on locations, like in in forests and wastelands and stuff like that. There's loads of like lovely misty, smoky shots mm. that they've used the. Like, um, like there's one thing that I'll, I miss from fantasy films that you don't get now because they've got CGI to CGI similar to use of computers to uh, <laughs> cover up the backdrops and key out yeah. paint out stuff. Whereas in the past, it's like, how do we hide that car park? Let's just fill the whole fucking shop with mist, <laughs> and then nobody can see anything too far yeah. in the distance. You could literally be filming this anyway. But it just it makes everything feel like a lovely, cozy dream, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's that's a big thing with Terry Gilliam's films in general. Even the grim stuff, I Aye. think there's like a nice dreamlike feel to it, and it's there's something almost tangible about the stuff too because you can tell it is like handmade films aside aye, aye. you can tell it's like there's a lot of care and attention and very little money in it mm-hmm. so it is or you know that there's see, real hard work went into yeah. it that's, that's like you and Richie mentioned about how little money it is but see when like I, I watched this week and it was the first time I'd actually ever seen it like see the budget for it it was like 5 mil five which million. isn't it a lot 5 million but, dollars which aye, is like 2.5 million. million pounds but like aye. see when I was watching it I was like the budget for this must have been like I was like in my head I'm thinking like this is the same budget as June or something like that. Aye. I was like, there's so many like matte paintings that that merges in well with the sort of physical foreground mm-hmm. that you're sitting there actually like staggered like Aye. a lot of the castle sets and stuff. Yeah, you're like this must have cost like four hundred million dollars to make. Well, that's where I think that's where like Terry Gilliam's skill as a director comes in because he has such a clarity of vision in terms of what he's doing. Aye. visually that he's able to achieve that 
And in that sense that you, um, when you're probably on a film set and you're just doing what you're told, but you can't really figure out how everything fits together, and you've got one man at the top who can see it Aye. so clearly that he can achieve what he wants. And it's all Aye. just about just daft little tricks like using... Perspective like, shifts, etc. Yeah, and... or just things like, you know, the giant. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's yeah. like the giant is... Uh, I've heard them talking about the different methods he had to use, like the experimentation he did with just trying to make a giant look giant. And it was obviously Aye. just things like filming them at double speed and slowing it down, mm-hmm. using a big wide angle lens, aye, aye. and then just, again, filling the fucking shot with smoke <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. And it was just lovely and wet. I see mm-hmm. the, the... like I've stuck on the commentary to this because mm-hmm. like, I've seen it a million times and it's not like, oh, fuck, here we go. Time uh, lines again. I just like I thought, fuck it, I'll use this opportunity to listen to the, the uh, commentary. And it's then interesting. It's an interesting setup as well. for the, mm-hmm. It's the Anchor Bay one I, was, I had, so I don't know if it's a, the same with the new Arrow release, but... Um, it's like there's a few folk involved so the the guy that, the wee boy uh-huh. he's involved Michael Palin and Terry Gilliam right? but they're not all in the same room it's like it's basically Terry Gilliam until he kind of be fucked and then Michael Palin like they cut so they obviously intersperse different that's um, basically the, yeah mm-hmm. it's interesting because uh-huh. there's an interview with uh, Gilliam on the Arrow one and he talks about that he could sort of the, the relationship between uh, Gilliam's writing and Palin's writing is that Gilliam just had these ma- this mad visual idea mm-hmm. and he was like, and he sort of, you know, he creates this thread all the way through it where he can, um, you know, he just has all these big mad setups and he can come up with the scenes and the situations and stuff. And then Palin comes in and fleshes out the characters, writes yep. all the funny stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, does yeah. all of that. And it's, sort of, it's a just, lovely <clears throat> rebalance. He said that he just showed up to his house yeah. one afternoon yeah. I have amazing time. and it's cause like he was getting really fucked off with Brazil not yeah. getting li- like off Han- the ground and basically that. Handmade were like when the guy uh, we'll talk about it a few times Dennis O'Brien who was managing Handmade films at the time just didn't get Brazil at no. all I kept trying to explain to him he's like uh, he apparently just wasn't on board with it at all so he just mm-hmm. got really frustrated and like you said he turned up at Palin's house I think like there's a Palin interview he talks about it as well it's like it's just about 1979 he just turned up at my house with a two page synopsis and um, asked me if I wanted to make it. I wanted to help him write it. No, Palin and Palin and it is so fucking Aye. good. He's good. Aye. Could you love a man with this thing on his nose? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, um, do you want to say what the just a brief overview of the plot? Oh, what the plot? Yeah, I suppose we should. Uh, just well, in so, case Andy's not seen it. So okay, so Time Bandits is uh, it's funny because we talked about Brazil a couple of Christmases ago, but Time Bandits is what. Terry Gilliam would describe as the first entry into his imagination trilogy. Yes. The second one being tell. Brazil, the third one being Baron Munchausen. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's each felt Baron Munchausen is an old man, Terry Gilliam's a man in the middle of his life, mm-hmm. and Time Bandits is the kid. Mm-hmm. But it's a story of a kid who ends up, uh, he meets a bunch of dwarfs mm-hmm. um, who have stolen a map from the Supreme Being. Yeah. to the universe mm-hmm. and they're using it to time travel and rob from people basically <laughs> um, and they're absolutely terrible at it but it's I like they're fucking good at it <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty yeah no they're pretty good at it but they keep losing everything aye, aye, aye. <laughs> but um aye so it's so this yeah it's, it's about a wee boy who lives like it's, I think it's quite interesting the theme again that comes up is at the beginning it establishes is you've got this house in this very suburban area, mm-hmm. these sort of new build houses, I guess they would have been at the time. Aye. And um, it establishes the kid at home and the mum and dad on the fucking plastic wrap couches. Aye. And they're absolutely obsessed with 
I like commodities material possessions. Material, and basically, the, the technology. Basically, it's all about technology uh, again. Uh, like it's, it's sort of followed on. Well, I guess it would have followed on from Brazil because he was thinking about it beforehand. But um, uh, and this kid Kevin is like sort of obsessed with history, and he's just got a wild kind of imagination and it's more love intellectual for, as well. Yeah, he, he reads. They watch. Yeah, TV basically. And he, uh, he's Plus, it's, it's, it's quite weird because it's like his mom and dad didn't like him studying. I know, and okay. it's yeah, and I guess it's kind of um, Kevin obviously represents that childlike wonder that disappears <laughs> as, as you get older. Um, but yeah, there's a sort of that obviously that half kind of suggestion that um, basically these uh, the time bandits kind of fall out of his cupboard in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then they end up running away from the supreme being who also See, appears I, in the bedroom, and then they end up yeah they that's go on the adventure. That's, that's fucking See um, what I noticed. Obviously, we're going to be talking spoilers on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So, um, but okay, what I noticed the second time I watched it this week was see just before the horse bursts through the wardrobe in the room, uh-huh. you can hear a fire engine. Yeah, yeah. No, oh! I only noticed that last time as well. I watched. It, I was like, oh man, that's amazing. So yeah. it's like essentially like it's like. Bookends, what happens in his I, fantasy? I was like, that's I amazing, it's man. Really nice. There's another the great thing about the bedroom set as well is like um, seeing all of the the drawings and the pictures and the hints. Yeah, and robots on the floor, uh, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, all the like, toys. Uh, yeah, uh, the drawings of the cowboys and and, yeah. the, and obviously when it comes to the the fortress <clears throat> of what was it called? The, yeah, I can't mind. It's Ultimate like, Evil or something like that. Uh, Basically, David Warner's <laughs> fortress uh, is like you can see legends and all Lego that. bricks and all that sort of stuff yeah, yeah, about uh, the castle. So I know it's 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 like it's a really really clearly thought out storyline that mm-hmm. you know with like uh, uh, like you can feel that that was an important part of the pitch. As well, yeah. like, like we've, I, we've honestly we've got <laughs> we know what we're doing. Please, please, go <laughs> yes. I think it was actually uh, I think it may have been this film. Where some of the crew members and that were like, "What the fuck is this guy on?" Aye, and at the premiere, aye. he was approached by someone and said, "Right, I get it now. Well done." It There's actually a lot, worked. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So it was folk like, "Sure, I'll do it." But aye, <laughs> no, no, that's that's what got me. That's uh, what got me thinking about this sort of whole clarity of vision thing. It's mm-hmm. like you realise how how much that's needed. And if you've ever been on the set of anything that's been made, any, no matter how small, mm-hmm. like sometimes you are just following your nose in terms of. Uh, you know, getting a shot what down and, and, and not having a single clue how it all fits together and then suddenly you look at the end product you're like, oh. It's quite good. Oh. I'm I'm right. Right. And I think that's that's got to be heavy, heavy what was going on there because like... And we'll see that first sort of five minutes of it where it's like the, the horse bursts through the wardrobe Aye. and then it turns for him looking at his bed and it's like he's in a forest Aye. and then they come out the cupboard and he shines the light on him and they think that he's a supreme being and oh, they're like yeah. ah sorry we, <laughs> uh, we're just only borrowing he's like hold on a minute yeah. he's no god uh, and then the day that hang where it's like the war pushes through yeah and it's like a big big long long hall like, aye ah. so it's like they're looking for something in the bedroom and then they lean against one of the bedroom walls and it pushes back and aye, they keep like, pushing it aye. that's one of those sort of beautiful kind of kids film moments isn't it where mm. it's like it's turning your setting it's mm. turning what you recognise from life into some mad and what you want it to be yeah that's it's, it's, it's one of the lovely things about like any kind of uh, fantasy like that it's mm-hmm. like using something that you know and turning it into something yeah that's, that's I think it's the best stuff for kids because you can just imagine pushing your bedroom wall <laughs> it's such a sad, it's like somewhat of a dream as well it's just Aye. like and plus they more pushing it when they're, when they're like hey, we'll go on free 
And he's like, one, and they'll push. He's like, maybe they go on one. <laughs> so, yeah, but they push it through, and it's like, it ends up falling. The fill wall just falls into like a gap uh, in space, and yeah. they all fall through. I was like, ah, it's there's, so good, man. They're such a great wee team as well, aren't they? Because it's like, I so obviously them, the, the decision to cast have a cast of dwarfs <laughs> is because they have a kid as a main character. Aye. So they want they basically wanted people that were kind of similar height similar height basically and like Terry Gilliam said he hates kids films and he hates kid actors right <laughs> so he's like what what will I do we'll just get in uh, we'll get, what's it he said uh, we'll get in little people that uh, that they can basically band about with and, uh, uh, and out of that mm-hmm. like comes the fucking time man that's pretty amazing know, eh? like thinking about practicality and like this is pu- this is like a this is a business move for him. Basically, yeah, I want to make a film like Brazil, but I'm not going to make it unless you know I've got some bank behind uh, or something. Uh, so he gets George Harrison to refinance his office to fund the film, <laughs> and then and then when they start making the film, he's just like you know, obviously off the cuff, like thinking about it. You know. I do. It's, I love it's amazing imagination that goes into it, and you can tell that that like it's very 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 rare that like the do you have a person's imagination perfectly Aye. put on screen oh yeah it's, yeah it's fascinating seeing that such a, a big huge achievement good on Terry <laughs> good, good on, on old Terry like the, the whole that whole like the, the story of handmade films and everything as well it's like it's so lovely I love this idea of rock stars funding films it's <laughs> like, it goes back to Life of Brian because it wasn't handmade handmade basically put together to fund Life of Brian yeah because they made Holy Grail with nothing because that was Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones split the directing duties on that and then they went to make they couldn't get the money for Life of Brian because nobody would touch it and then George Harrison and was it no Robert Plant was it Robert Plant no. aye Big like, Rob Big <laughs> Rob Big Curly Rob they were just like Short and Curly Rob it's, it's like mate we're rich as fuck we'll just pay for it I've got a plane <laughs> no, make you... it on the plane <laughs> Local and Acapulco. <laughs> just like I just I love that because it's just like that's what I mean, it should be then the fucking shysters. I, <laughs> I guess it's like obviously the Monty the whole Monty Python connection carried it. Oh, I quite a long. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when I think about it, actually the very first time I watched Time Bandits, it was I was reading a TV list and for channel it was on Channel Four late one night and I had to tape it, but it was the it was the fucking they mentioned Monty Python in the TV guide and I was like Monty Python fantasy film. I was like, oh yeah. I'll, definitely give that a watch mm-hmm. and obviously it was way more mm-hmm. but um but then yes yeah, so the obviously the 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 monty python connection uh was a big part in getting it sort of funded and um because again so the the manager who was a producer dennis o'brien at handmade films uh was pushing to get as many pythons in the film as possible mm-hmm. so like uh when michael palin wrote it he wrote himself in as robin hood and obviously they ended up with John Cleese who obviously did it really really well and um, but that's that's his part in line so good I know I know man what awful people (laughs) my my favourite line of that whole Robin Hood section is say good morning you scum So good. I also like when he's like, "How long have you been abandoned for? How long have you been abandoned for? Oh, four foot one, four foot one." It's the pauses, marvelous. It's the They're gonna be the... considerably less poor. <laughs> he's really good in it, man. So yeah, Michael Palin's character is just basically written in because Michael Palin needed a character to play. Aye. So um. Him and Shelley Duvall in the Robin Hood one's really good too. Yeah. It's happening again! <laughs> Have you heard the story about Shelley Duvall during the 
rehearsals. No. Fucking Terry Gilliam trying to explain <laughs> to them how... She's how, a non-duck they, lady. they fall... You know how they, they come out, they fall into the carriage. Aye. Like... Uh, so basically, the time the, the the characters they've fallen through a hole in time and they fall at the sky and land in the carriage with Shelley Duvall, Shelley Duvall and Michael Palin, mm-hmm. and <laughs> fucking Terry Gilliam's trying to explain this in the rehearsal by acting it out, and he fucking lands on Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's not it, when he falls through the top. She's wearing that kind of horned oh, hat, headdress, oh. and like he said, like a, like a part is like it's jeans or something caught in it and she fucking got yeah, oh is that what I'm <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's like and I almost broke Shelly I was going to say she's like, like total porcelain I, she's, I said, like, yeah and she's like she's like about 20% neck as well <laughs> so, like, <laughs> hi I'm Shelly Duvall oh. hi I'm Shelly Duvall hi I'm Shelly Duvall <laughs> so good I don't eat like, like a giraffe but the um, I suppose like Time Bad is one of those films that's structured in a way that you can easily get big name actors in it and they only have to appear for probably a couple of days of the shoot. Uh, yeah, would have really suited a shooting schedule for uh, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it's, it's like, it's a good history lesson to a point. Like, you've got your Titanics, your Grecian times. Uh, your, but then it's it's no one like, like Bill and Ted as well. Kind of Bill and Ted's like a history lesson, but fun. Aye. Uh, like uh, Time Bandits is kind of like that, but it's like a history lesson, but weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so I like, thought, like, led by a clan of wee arseholes. Uh, <laughs> frankly. I love it, man. I know, it's so good. Like, I fucking... I, like that's another part that adds to the nostalgia because it's not that often that you get a group of protagonists that are that are dicks. Like these, <laughs> these guys are thieves, liars, uh, <laughs> and like they steal this wee boy away. Basically, well, they, you they know, fucking eat everything. Uh, like see, then they see at the table at uh, uh, Napoleon's table when they're like they're like just sitting pit and like spins up their sleeve and like waving in that and they're eating a candle. <laughs> <laughs> like, dicks, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're horrible to each other as well. It's uh, like it's so uh, it's so funny. Like, uh, it's good, I man. Know, it's, uh, yeah, the const like it's again. It's one of those things. It's like to make something look that shambolic, mm-hmm. but it actually works. Takes so much. Aye, work, actual focus. Know? I know, <laughs> and it's uh, fucking yeah. I love it for that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, no, I love the Napoleon by the beginning. Um, and uh, what was it? Ian Holmes. We, we, oh man! Uh, See Ian Holmes like sad raging face. <laughs> Holy fuck! He's so uh, good, man. He's like not know, happy. He, he wanted to do more comedic roles, but he just wasn't getting them because <laughs> like it was kind of pigeonholed as that serious guy for Alien, um, you know, and like it just couldn't of get them. Of course, that'd be right shortly after Alien. Yeah, totally. Aye. Aye. Christ. Ken, okay, he also liked in the Napoleon Times Day. The guy who runs the show. I was about to say we we uh, Charles Charles McKeon. McKeon. Uh, because like he's amazing. Like the lady that shares the desk with in Brazil. Uh, is not it? Because he's so oh, fuck he's so good at being like distressed. Uh-huh. Uh, he's yeah, on <laughs> edge. He's one of those actors that always turns up in like old BBC sitcoms and stuff. And like, yes, it's him. Aye, he's uh, great, man. He's he's just funny as anything. It's like he's about to hang himself and like aye. the curtain draws and all that. It's like, ah, oh, it's, it's just yes. the way that he moves the gun to his head. Is, oh, <laughs> and then he looks away at them coming up, and he's <laughs> like, oh man, fine time. <laughs> aye, he's he's great at being distressed and all like weird about it. Mm-hmm. Aye, it's fucking uh, the funny. Stuff man. I love about all that as well, like that again, that kind of shambolic look where everything's just a mess. But the way Gilliam shoots it, it looks like that's what I'm saying. It looks like it goes forever. Oh. It's like all the money went into that. Aye, aye. Like I think that was a castle in Wales. Aye, it's like apparently they were making like decisions on set about things like do you know how they sneak in in the boat? Aye, like they literally just made that decision because there was a 
Oh, a river. It looks amazing. I know, I know, because we were meant, apparently we were yeah. originally meant to come in on horses, but it's like there was lots of that stuff going on. They just turn up and they'd be like, that'll be good. That'll be good. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. And I just, yeah. And just they, they shot all the close ups of that scene on the boat as well. Uh, like, and was it in an, a tiny wee room? Was it? <laughs> aye, aye, aye. aye. Well, so the, like, aye, like St. Kent's fucking gym hall. <laughs> I like West Lothian Library. <laughs> just scanning all the communion wafers in the background. <laughs> Aye, and then after all that, after your Robin Hood things, we've got the first encounter of evil, aka oh, David Warner. God isn't interested in technology. He knows nothing of the potential of the microchip or the silicon revolution. Look how he spends his time. 43 species of parrots. Nipples for men. Slugs. Slugs! He created slugs. They can't hear, they can't speak, they can't operate machinery. I mean, are we not in the hands of a lunatic? Sir, look! If I were creating a world, I wouldn't mess about with butterflies and daffodils. I would have started with lasers. Eight o'clock, day one. Sorry. He's so good. So good. It's David Warner's best role, I think, definitely. Oh, my God. I just found out recently that he was originally cast... It's Freddy Krueger. Oh, and then he must have went on to do waxwork. After was that that? Aye, aye, that aye, that dad up there. Bloody hell! That would have been dreadful. Aye, that would have been shocking. Been, aye. So he got as far as getting the jumper on and everything, and uh, wow. he just wasn't up for. Uh, Wes Craven Get just wasn't up for him. <laughs> wow. So aye. He's, a, he's very different. Imagine him and Dream Warriors and that. Imagine him getting into the, the <laughs> Rockstar Freddy stuff. Jesus, oh, you wouldn't have heard that. No. He would have probably left. It would have been like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, a different Freddy every time. Who's your favourite Freddy? <laughs> it's it's Alan Cumming. It's okay. Jack Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous Freddy. Can I kill you? Can I kill you now? Are you slipping yet? Um, on the, the arrow, there's <laughs> Dreadful looking interview with David Warner, but um, what's dreadful did, looking about it? Ugh, just the framing. It's like <laughs> basically they filmed it, so it looks like the camera's practically on the floor looking up at him, and he's wearing a blue shirt and a pair of jeans, and his mic wire is hanging down over his shirt, and like, but also they have to tidied up the space, so there's like a tenor sitting on the. A rolling. There's a tenor like sitting in like just a pile of magazines or something. His pin code. I know that is rotten. In the in the uh, interview, the one thing that you mentioned that was quite interesting was that uh, he reckoned that Terry Gilliam wanted Jonathan Price. Oh Oh, right. But he just wasn't available. Um, David Warner. But just as I definitely just as just as um is never talk to me like that again. Blows a guy up. He's like, yeah. excellent question. <laughs> I was like, but you're still here, my lord. Blows him up. He's like, excellent question. <laughs> Fucking deed. I know. It's the what was it? It's the delivery of the line. The uh, forty-three species of parrot. <laughs> Nipples so for men. Nipples for men. <laughs> it's like, who is it? I wouldn't have bothered with any of that. It would have been lasers. Day one, eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking amazing. <laughs> it's your time to laser. die. Oh, wonderful, Lord. Wonderful. 
that's so, so good. good. But that's like the thing about Evil Day is the first thing that he mentions is VCRs and computers and telephones. Uh, He's like, digital. Wa- you know, it's really funny. It's like round about that time as well. Like Hitchhiker's Guide was making the same joke about digital watches. It's like digital watches. I mean, I wasn't. Obviously, none of us were there for that. But digital watches must have been fucking, fucking the, massive. It must have been the iPhone at the time. Let me tell you. <laughs> Danny's yeah. wearing one. Danny just, Danny just pulled back his sleeve to reveal the digital F ninety one W. Can it change the intelligence? The that, yeah. Oh, nice. It was a class one. Yes. The backlight is fucking rotten. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just a light at the side. Yeah, like. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh. I, well, that's that's obviously a big theme in the film. Is like, fits, uh, not not watches. <laughs> Probably like watches. Uh, um, is like material possessions and how they can define your life and you know, like that's the like in this film that's the uh, root of evil and um, like overcoming that is. Uh, can be achieved by just opening your mind, using your imagination, and so I think that's like that's a really good message to send. Yeah. To, like, because at that time, um, I think there was a lot of focus on material possessions and oh my god, winning things man. and oh, like, right. like you know the big eighties, like what would you call it? Like, the, the, like oh, it was just kicking off. It's all oh, big. Right. Big tits, big guns, uh, you know, like, and it's all microwaves, get your fucking just shoes. Excess, consumerism, uh, yeah, yuppies, all your stuff. That's, yeah, it. Oh, that's, that's it, the one. So, like, there's tons of that going on. It's a nicer version to that. And uh, it's teaching Wayne's that, you know what? If you, History's like, cool, man. His, aye, that's interesting. <laughs> no if you don't agree, I'll blow up your Monda. <laughs> <laughs> blow themselves up, you little bastards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, for <laughs> evil, you go straight on to Greek times. Yep. Uh, Sean Conrad, who looks. Genuinely happy to be there. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he kept smiling, and I was like, "That's a real smile. Um, That's real." Um, he was uh, again. I bet that was. I think that was probably the Python connection. But like, I did you hear the story? But you must have. You must have this in the Anchor Bay one. But this how this original script said. Agamemnon takes his helmet off, and he is. To be like Sean Connery, like actor, <laughs> or or, or, um, or someone of equal expensive stature or something like that. <laughs> Uh, and he came in he'd, he'd done it for pretty much buttons it's like uh, like an odd good thing that I that think he did like did. like obviously he probably didn't he only did a, I think he did 14 days actually but um, apparently he helped and everything with because that the, the fight scene with the Minotaur mm-hmm. and Kevin was day one of the sh- was day one yep. of the shoot but it was day one for the kid as well yep. and um, um, oh did you hear I, that's another thing the story but they apparently they brought in his the kid's brother and the kid that plays Kevin was mm-hmm. there in the room. And um, like the kid's brother was like just playing up and being doing the audition and everything. And Terry Gillen was like, I want your brother. <laughs> you must have been raging. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, apparently they still like, the, the, during that uh, Anchor Bay commentary, the, the, the guy is like, ah, he's still, he's still not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine me and Danny were like, we want Franco to David. <laughs> 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 Richard, give us your brother. Fine, fine. <laughs> oh, keep him alive. Half of me isn't even that good. <laughs> uh, I think, see the Greek bit? The Greek bit's probably like my least favourite bit of the film, I think. It's like a Sean Connery. <laughs> no, it just feels a wee bit like kind of slower uh, and like yeah. it's all about like him, like Kevin, why to stay there and like that's his new da or whatever. Like he's got that bit. It just feels a wee bit like kind of sticky and like. All the humour that's came for that first sort of half hour just almost dies as soon as it gets to that. Right. And it picks aye. right up after it. Mm-hmm. It's like Yeah, when they arrive and aye. Aye. It's still it does, it's still it does have bit. that amazing like no, 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 no
outfit, like aye, the hedon that. Oh man. my god, that's brutal that's as well. Amazing. It's sort of sticky and aye. it's all like rotten and yeah, they chop the big boar in half and all the fruit comes oh, out. Awesome, that's great. Mm. Eh? And I like their wee, their like sort of costumes. Aye. Like the like because they essentially Muppet Man their costumes. Aye. And then, uh, <clears throat> no, it's like the best. I think the best disappearance of the Time Bandits is like when they're kidding on that they're all just going to like do a wee magic trick, and like there's this amazing like shot of Sean Connery smiling like after they all disappear <laughs> and then he realises that they have actually just fucked, fucked off, off. And, he's, and his I'll face look. drops and it's, it's fuck it it's I, do, I was going to say like I do love how they, they hold on they just keep keep there for a wee bit longer just so everyone's like oh, what? <laughs> in that commentary actually Gilliam's like uh, you can't really tell in VHS you can tell in Laserdisc though <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. I, yeah also I just realised like I don't know if you'll hear it if you rewind 10 seconds but I just went <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I picked it up but I heard myself and I was like you fucking sound like an idiot <laughs> oh. like, I guess the whole the, the whole sort of I guess a, a big message of it is how the kind of creeping in of technology and possessions is like stunting the human imagination a little bit yeah that's a more Which is kind of, of saying what I was trying to say. Yeah, no, 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 like, um, which obviously, interestingly, I think if Gilliam was still in his prime now, would be doing it fucking even more. I guess the Zero Theorem was a wee bit about that, but um, oh fuck, mind that. <laughs> Jesus, I went to the pictures the day that came out. I watched quite cool. <laughs> what did you watch? And, um, so I guess that's like Kevin want to stay there is like getting as far away from that because uh, he just doesn't connect with that mm-hmm. with that thing that his parents are which is like wanting everything better than the Joneses essentially is yeah. that thing because yeah. she meant his mom mentions it it's like their microwave can cook beef bergignon for an ice cube to beef bergignon in 8 seconds or something she's <laughs> like pretty yeah, good yeah. that so oh. he's like yeah shit man mm-hmm. he just wants to play with cowboys <laughs> the 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 we TV show with Jim Broadbent in it as well. Ah, that's pretty uh, good. Guess the name of Celebrity and it's a guy hanging out of Vati Costa. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, it's good, man. Well, it's like hints of like, again, it's all the, but like, you could see that Sketching. carrying over into like, meaning, meaning Life was after that, wasn't it? What do meaning I, Life man? was 83, I think. Aye. What was Pimp? I'm sure that was 81. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck, I thought it was about 84. Um, no, I should really do my research when I come on this podcast. <laughs> Brazil might be, I uh, might have been Brazil might have been mid eighties. I think. Aye, that's like eighty five, eighty six, wasn't it? Surely. I think aye. so. Aye. Anyway, so in terms of uh, winter warmers, I'm guessing this is something you watched a lot when you were wee, and oh, was aye, it? Aye. And obviously, like for me as well, it How was it obviously only Christmas time. Tipped off the telly. Aye, So this was this has been a part of your life since you were a wee boy. Then this film. Aye, not wee wee, but definitely uh, kind of early teens. Oh, aye. Aye. Mm. When mm. I'm sort of starting to explore films a wee bit more, basically. Mm. And yourself. Like, and myself. <laughs> <laughs> there's like, you know, Chuck to Time Bandits. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> the like, heat. The whole <laughs> shell of the neck. <laughs> like, obviously, the first, the first part of your life is only what your parents will show you. And my parents aye. have got fucking terrible taste. Oh, you can find it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, then, you, then it's, it becomes your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you form your, your own. own discovery. Yeah. When you're allowed to watch the telly in a room on your own. It's like, oh, yeah, fucking. Aye. I know, eh, but that's, that's nuts thinking back to that, like, when that first happened, I'm like, I've got my own telly. I that know. Straight on at Eurotrash. <laughs> 
<laughs> straight on here. Exotic card, oh, okay. <laughs> I never had that alien mode until I was about 13. I think I was the same. Like, I, my mum just was wasn't hot on it. Like, mm-hmm. we had a, the one telly downstairs and that was it. I, I, totally was, I got the this will make you antisocial thing. Aye. And right enough it did. Aye, <laughs> no, I, as soon as I had the telly in my room I was like, you'll never see me again. <laughs> I don't know. It's cold, man. <laughs> uh, aye, so after the Greek times we've got the Titanic. Oh, that's like, that's my favourite Michael Palin like, <laughs> I've got the quote here I love the ocean she's so damn wet <laughs> <laughs> you can tell he's like he's having an absolute ball there <laughs> so good Aye. Aye. no the, the um, obviously the Titanic but short lived but see when they're in the um, it kind of goes quickly into the time um, time of legends time of and that sequence where it goes Ooh. negative and they're all oh, see that see that bass that uh, oh so nice oh that's so beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yep. and I like the I like the wee touch that their suits are gone well, white for black and white to white and black ah so but then he, so, but yeah when he gets into the time of legend stuff that's when you start to feel like ooh the proper fantasy aye aye the big castles and I the, love that they managed to we, we get the time travel stuff and then we'll just sort of establish that the time of legends is something that existed. And we've got ogres and giants. And I was going to say, the ogre with the bad back is <laughs> so good. I know. The, oh. he's, he's got an amazing line on it, too, and it's like, I can really cough again. <laughs> yeah. And it, like, blows the boat away. Uh, <laughs> I, they were saying that the um, giant that they had initially was just this really tall guy. Oh, they right. filmed him and like, they, they had no weight to him. He didn't oh, seem yeah, giant. It was just right, like, yeah. they filmed him he was just skinny. So they got this guy in and he was a wrestler mm-hmm. who they ended up with. And he's like, you want someone big so that when you ramp it down, there's a lot of skin and muscle and fat and just moving. Wiggled, uh-huh. uh, it's so good. Uh, and and it, there's and the ground great. kind of, I don't know if they're on a set. I think, no, it will be a set. Mm-hmm. But there's a sort of shake to the ground when he yep. walks as well. It's and that wee, that wee tiny house where they be, uh, <laughs> folk, they be tiny people oh, That's such a great wee moment. It's obviously just a let's Slip this, uh, uh, as the wee, uh, when the foot comes down with this, it's so good. Now here's the thing. Uh-huh. See the giant. Uh-huh. Do you think the boat was already on? See, seat? I was. Do you know? I'd never thought about this until last time I watched it. And it's like I was just like the, the boat was on his I head. I never even considered do you think it, it He crashed into it and it just was on his head, or do you think it was already a part of his head? I always just presumed it was his hat, and he was oh. just walking the ocean. See, I thought that. As well, but then I was like, it was the cough, and I'm like, wait a minute, if he if he's coughing and blowing the boat, then that means that the boat can sail, mm-hmm. which uh, means. But then again, he literally like he takes it off, like a hat, like he uh, takes it off like a hat and puts it down, so it's like, uh, he's familiar with aye, because there's no shock when he takes it off either. It's like, what the first aye. Aye. <laughs> aye, aye, no, I think I think yeah, I'm gonna go with that giant's kicking about the sea with a with a boat on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Aye. I'm fine with that. Aye. Aye. I'm, I'm alright with that. Aye, that bit's great. Yeah. I like his makeup on his body and all that. Aye, it's really he's cool. like, aye, it's really cool. Aye. It's like it's just that wee extra touch where you're like, this feels like a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Like, see if it was just like a big laddie. There you are. <laughs> but it's actually like he's got like all these like sort of like ancient markings on him and sort of that. It looks, uh, it looks great. And yep. again, it's like just using a. It's that thing that I love in those old fantasy films where it's like, let's just find an area that's just barren. Or it's like it's always a bit shit like uh, if they did that now they'd be doing some mad shit to it yeah. but it's now it's just like a big stony empty was that the bit with the glass barrier aye it's like I just oh god I love that shit so much like it just mm, it feels alien it feels alien but it's also like it feels like it exists 
Like, you know, the sort of times when you find yourself in places like that, you suddenly feel like, I feel like I'm in a fantasy film. Kind of, it's kind of like really nice. that uh, Spice Girls video. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm giving you everything, man. That's kind of like that. It is, you know what? Terry Gillen directed that. You know what <laughs> At last I can really cough. Also, that guy at the Ogre's Wife's the Morphe Brazil. Is that? Ah, ah. So, <laughs> so it is. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently she was some uh, some big celeb. She was in like a bunch of soap operas at the time. I can tell she was a total like kind of probably like a TV babe back in her day right aye, so he was saying that when she was coming up to set that day there was folks stopping outside the car to like look in and stuff like right. that and uh, this was completely ill and, and like apparently her agent was <laughs> very very reluctant to let her do that role because it was so away from the from, but the main reason they got her in was to like to get a bit more pull and things you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's funny when um, I'm just going to bring this up again but the time that I interviewed Terry Gilliam there was a lot of security issues going on, and it was at the Blytheswood in Glasgow. All right, okay. And as I was step, I was carrying. Was Owen with me? I think Owen was with me, and uh, you know he was. I and I was. We were both car- we were carrying the kit, and this fucking car pulls up, and it's clearly like two, pap, you know, paparapsy, 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 paraparapsy. Paraparapsy. the rapsy, sorry. But uh, a couple of paps. <laughs> <laughs> couple of papas <laughs> couple of papas and uh, the guy, guy leaned at his car is like you just be uh, you just been interviewing Terry Gilliam I and I was like fuck you I know I just went I, I didn't know what to do I went no <laughs> <laughs> I was like who's Terry Gilliam no, <laughs> no I just went in for a shite <laughs> I've got his toilet and Terry Gilliam's there. He's like, oh my god. He's going to ask me for a fiver. Oh, right, so, we get, we get onto the castle. The castle, aye. The oh, big castle with the game show maze. Aye. And his mom and dad are like the This is my favourite bit of the film. See when. Oh, uh, that's like, amazing. Right, and I was convinced. I was like, right, if all that stuff the film is in his room at the end see that thing for the cages that's like basically like a maths problem for his homework right because that's what it feels like because it's like one of them go, swings out then oh, the other yeah, one yeah, swings yeah. out again and then he swings out and he gives them the full rope and it's like that seems like a sort of like a maths problem do you know what the nice thing about that as well is it, it it's a clever escape plan really like when clever. you see just like a really clever escape plan you're like fuck that's good uh, uh, it's not just like how are we going to kick fuck at this war? Aye. Like, aye. We, yeah, yeah, aye, aye, sorry, like, well, you were going to say your favourite. See this whole sequence, like mm-hmm. leading up to that means mm-hmm. and bringing uh, everything back to reality is fucking spot on. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you end a story like that? You know what I mean? And you basically, you're either going to kill everybody and somebody's got to wake up aye. or like, but it, the, the way the maze kind of leads back into reality and you've got this set up a fake kitchen and, alternate universe fake kitchen oh yeah, yeah, yeah you know like aye just just the way that everything bleeds back into reality so that it's not too jarring when like, the viewer just jumps jump straight back in that's the kitchen like he's a, mossing on the telly yep, aye, aye I had a dream kitchen at the start that's advertised that's her goal you know aye. and he's trapped aye. in that goal it's fucking it's so good and yet again there's a wee maze 
Yeah. There's a wee maze. Wee maze. So I think it's all wee, wee problems for his wee homework. Yeah, a wee yeah. maze and a wee mask yeah, problem for Kennedy's, eh? Yeah. Also, again, Kevin's... Cover, I'm cover too, by the way. Get a wee biscuit, I'm cover. But, like, Kevin's absolutely not drawn in by the... Mm-hmm. By the flashiness. No, he can, he can see Satan. I'm like, no, Danny, Danny, Danny. Uh, and then it's like, we hand over the, the map. What's, what, is the map just called the map or is it like the, the map, map of... This is just the map. The map. I, I don't know if it was like the map of time or whatever. Uh, it's the map. Uh, the I DVD know. I bought about years ago had a map in it. Yeah, oh, I've got, got that. Oh, that's remember what I did, mate. That's the Anchor Bay one. You got the map with it. Yep. I like it. I see evils shape, like in the shape-shifting skeleton guys in cloaks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's very Brazil. Yeah. That's very like the kind of... The things... And, he, and his fantasy in Brazil, Ken, the things with the humpbacks and the, ba- yeah. the kind of baby faces. Oh, yeah. That's it's, very, the same it's very much that kind idea. of feel, you know. I like that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then he blows up a dog. <laughs> no! <laughs> he blows up a dog and says, I'm a reasonable man. <laughs> oh, um, there's not many so... films where the dog gets it like that and Dead Cam are the only two I can hang you off the top of my head. In fact, sorry if, for folk that have not seen Dead Cam yet, but what the <laughs> fuck have you been? Living <laughs> really a good best. life. <laughs> I'm between that and the Phantom, for Aye, fuck's sake. That's, this, is, this is the point where it starts to like, kind of reveal itself, like the leg, the castle being like Lego, big mm-hmm. Lego Aye. bits yep. there, and like you've got a big folded chessboard look like into the distance Aye. and yeah. all that. Aye. That's when it starts to reveal itself. It's to like, to but be it's like, weird, it's almost as if, and I don't know if this was intentional, but it's almost as if that reality's starting to fall apart as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, he's, he's, his own has been broken mm-hmm. and then, like, you know, this fantasy that he's in is starting to break up before like, he gets uh, out of Cowboys and all that. Aye, totally. Coming in like, and it's like, it, nothing works and it's kind of like glitches in the brain and then you've got, um, like, <laughs> and you've you've got the kind of correlations between the time bandits themselves who are just after material possessions. And, mm-hmm. Like, he's starting to realise that that's their thing too, that's their problem because it, it's never really addressed uh-huh. you know so when mm. he finds that out that reality breaks as well so it's like you know this kind of lifestyle is destroying him because it's like a, it's like when he's back in Greek times it's like he's no bother about the I trinkets think, he just I wants totally to hang about with he's da aka Sean Connor or whatever yeah. big Agamemnon that's the one um, so I it's big like, Agadu Agamemnon <laughs> yeah. he likes to punch his wife and say in an interview that it's alright ah <laughs> uh, that's hellish, eh? <laughs> Sean Connery's a bad cunt. He's a bad cunt and a half. <laughs> Sorry, right, what's next? <laughs> Sorry, Sean. This is entrapment. <laughs> uh, I, I like that bit at the end, too, because it's very, very nightmare. Like, Ken, that yeah, yeah. kid's game show oh, nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very nightmare Where um, am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I messaged the other day, and I was like, I've done a huge belly laugh at my favourite bit in the film, which is when one of the, one of the boys gets turned into a pig. Oh, and then it gets turned back for being a pig and he goes oh, I was enjoying that <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking hilarious ah oh, man so it's, a good, it's a good film for just we missed lines isn't oh, it we what? missed Yep. So good. I'm a reasonable yeah. man. Being <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then uh, obviously your supreme being shows up at the end, and he's amazing too. Because he's so like he's an ass, but he's really gentlemanly. Right. About so it. I, this guy who. Like, I, I know, know that he was a he big is. deal. Uh, like, because the know. way that Terry Gilliam was talking about him, he's like, this guy is a fucking hero. Like, he looks like a toy maker. He looks like a vintage toy maker. You're like, something. <laughs> uh, like, he makes an amazing cup of tea and a good cuddler. <laughs> but, like, 
he's got a good line where it's like, there's one, eh, they're like, can we have our old job back? And he's like, aye, you'll be in charge of like shrubberies and peanuts, basically. <laughs> and he's like, and I'll give you a 19% cut on salary for now until the end of time. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. And he's like, I'm the nice one. <laughs> well, I am the nice one. I do like that when Kevin's like, no, but why does evil have to exist? And he just wanders off and he's like, I think it has something to do with free will. <laughs> Come on. Aye. <laughs> Uh, apparently do you know is it Fidget that gets squashed Aye, one of them gets squashed that was meant to be Sean Connery ah, he was meant to come right. back he was meant to be in the final battle basically ah, right, okay. Aye. Fidget, fact, Fidget dying like when I first watched it like, and it's Fidget dying I was, I was def- actually like oh man I know that was it definitely had more of an impact than uh, I was like god man Fidget what a guy we Kenny too uh, I love Kenny Baker man he's, <laughs> he's great in it because he looks like he's a wee bit sauced it's, it's the funny thing about like Time Bandits and it's something I've never actually properly considered but there's not many films where all the heroes are dwarfs it's like no? their yep. role in I mean obviously there's Willow as well but that's uh, the only two I can think of uh, the Ewoks <laughs> films but that's them aye it's like as Terry Gilliam said it's like you know most of them are sort of acting inside costumes or yeah you never get to see them (laughs) (laughs) a pedal bin (laughs) (laughs) aye like there's uh he went on a wee bit about um like how it it was quite nice actually he's like these guys never get work and it's shite you know because it's like what other it's not normal guy roles it's always their like you know they're mystical mythical beings (laughs) although that's basically what they're cast as here like these these dwarfs like they're fucking they never get the chance to be actors and you can tell that a few of them really really go for it oh, and yeah. are like making the most of it Aye. and like it's Wally. a shame uh, Wally's a, well, I love Wally yeah, man. Wally's he's my really favourite he's, well, like, he's fucking breaking his heart and scene you're like fucking yes Aye. and it's nice to think that like a bunch of folk who would never have otherwise got the chance to do so had the chance to actually act yeah. you know so watching that seeing that on screen is quite well, nice and also literally the closest it comes to being acknowledged as a thing is when fucking David Warner calls one of them a si- you silly little man <laughs> or like um, Napoleon wants them because oh, like, yeah, no, yeah, there's well. that as well yeah totally because he's obsessed with his height and that they all just get to be heroes Yeah, they get to be their own people like, uh, it doesn't he, like rip them or doesn't he say like it's funny there. Yeah, it's just like these are real, yeah, real characters, yeah. man. They're that's the the reason they couldn't get the film funding because it was like Who everyone was like nobody that? wants to watch dwarfs. Basically, uh, it turns out they're all fucking amazing. Uh, <laughs> like Randall was the leader. He's a great leader. Uh, he's a, he's like he's a good focal David point. Rappaport. Is that his name? David yeah, Rappaport. I've got it written in there. Aye, nice. <laughs> I know. I really like Randall. I like them all. To be honest, there's uh, no yeah. there's no like a bad man amongst them. No, totally. They're all great. But Wally's Wally's really good because he's like the kind of tough. Tough guy, but yep. when Fidget dies, he's like goes off in one. He's oh, ready to start uh, fighting every day, uh, and uh, he's, he's great, man. You hear the? Have you heard the story about the ending? What's that? <laughs> it's a very Gilliam ending. Oh, okay. well, yeah. Obviously, the ending is like the the parents getting blown up. <laughs> it's like it is. You watch it, and you're like, I, I remember being a kid watching it and being like, oh god, it's <laughs> quite oh, horrible. That's but apparently, <laughs> apparently, like, you know how because Sean Connery comes back at the end. Apparently, that was his suggestion. He's Sean one Connery's. of the firemen. Ah. But they shot his... He's only, I think he's only in like two shots or something. Mm-hmm. But they shot it before they even finished writing the scene. So they shot his two shots and then he fucked off and then they finished the rest of the scene. Yeah, okay. There's a really... Actually, see the last scene as it pulls out. Mm-hmm. Just something I really love about that. 
it's a tiny, tiny detail, but you notice that Kevin's walking funny, mm. and that's because they filmed them walking in reverse. Because I've seen it so with the, the smoke. smoke yeah. is going in. Oh, aye, aye. I love wee details like that. But aye, so the the parents blow up, and um, they basically they they met heavy resistance with that, and it's like you can't you can't kill the parents at the end. What? What? <laughs> and Gilly was trying to explain. It. It's like, look, it means Kevin's free. He's free from all that bullshit, and mm-hmm. it's actually a happy ending. And, but um, so the but the, the interview again, the interview on the Arrow DVD is like he talks about how they're doing the, the test screens with the cards. Uh-huh. And he says we did this test screening in California, I think it was, and the sound there was something there was a problem with the sound, and it was terrible, and nobody nobody during the film was enjoying themselves. <laughs> So apparently in all the cards, like a lot of the cards that came out, Terry Gillen says, he says, after you've collected that information, can I have a look at the cards? He took the cards home and he's reading them all and everyone's being sarcastic on the cards. He said, what's your favourite bit of the film? The end. <laughs> then that data gets collated <laughs> and put into a report. It's like, actually, a lot of people said their favourite bit of the film was the end. <laughs> and then it was like, and then it went through. <laughs> That's amazing. But the bit, like, I think uh, apparently, like... Yeah, that's what you get for being cheeky cunts. <laughs> so the um, aye, so when they took it to America, basically uh, they sold like they, again they couldn't get anyone to pick up. No distributors would pick it up, mm-hmm. and they found like this company that was pretty much on its arse. Avco, I think it was called. Right. Okay. I don't know them. Avco anyway, fifty four. Uh, the they were on their arse, and they were basically like, okay, we'll put the film out in November when there's nothing out, because everyone's gearing up for the Christmas season, which must have been what they were doing at the time, because I don't think that happens now, but, uh, and, and like, they were like, we'll put it out in November, but there's nothing else out, and, um, and then Gilliam had input on the marketing, because okay. you know, they're talking about Time Bandit's been a film for everyone, Aye. and they, again, he had a bit of a fight with the marketing, because he was like, right, this is what we'll do, we'll, we'll, in this slot here, we'll make a promo for kids. Mm-hmm. During the Saturday Night Live spot, we'll do a Monty Python's type promo. And he was like basically breaking up the market into target different audiences. Okay. Actually and then one. the film pulled in $45 million. That's pretty good. For a film that's made for $5, five million. million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. I think it's yeah, still man. his most successful film oh, to date. Really? <laughs> that's amazing. No, that's yeah. good because I don't know how big Fear and is but then again I think it's probably in terms video, of ratio, if we're talking about success we're talking about the ratio how, how much went into how much came back ah right okay but um aye big revenue even then Fear and wasn't as big as it was probably in home no, I, think, I think it's no it's more of a uh, it's kind of gained more of a cult status because people talk about it a lot but uh, I don't think it like you, I think it banked as you, much you, you seen that <laughs> Fear and man there's it's like fucking bad, wizards man. in Hawaii talks man <laughs> It's fucking mental. Shit. I, I did. I, I did. A, it's like having, get an end. having pals like that, like that, just love something because it involved drugs. Yep. <laughs> That's why human traffic is uh, so successful. Uh, Split politics, man. Mind that. Yep. Anti funny. <laughs> <laughs> Goff. So time bandits. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, a good, I, I agree and just it's, it's, it's general like, it's general aesthetic like kind of after you've watched the film like you obviously kind of mind every single bit but it just you get like a wee peril like a general aesthetic here in your mind Aye. the general aesthetic of Time Bandits is one that's it's really British as well so it's something that you can identify with like yeah. the stock the actors the way it looks the way it sounds there's, always, there's something there that you always you and just know like and feel that kick from Michael Palin and the humour and the, Aye, it's Aye. just so it's like all that, but it's just like it just stays in this really kind of warmish feeling, and it's something that you would 
that makes you feel like wintery. Mm-hmm. It makes uh, you feel cozy in that yep. without being. It reminds me. Is there much? Nothing. There's snow in it, is there? There's no snow no, or no, there's no, no Christmas no. that. But yep. it's just got that that just aura about it. Yep. It's really nice. I think it reminds you of like so many other things as well that Aye. like grown up that, that it's kind of ties into things like. Like, like legend the, and lady hawk and uh, all that sort of stuff. But then, and then you've got like for some like all the the, um, the henchmen, evil's henchmen and stuff reminds me of things like Maid Marian and aye, just aye. stuff like and, and obviously the woods and you know it reminds you aye. of other films and just other, loads of stuff that you just loved growing up. I think it's aye. it's big. It's a good one. And so when you were <clears throat> excuse me when you were going through mm-hmm. uh, your winter warmers, did you find it hard to settle on one or was this? Like, did you did you go did you get a list of five, or did you just go for um, right, this is it? I I knew I wanted to do a fantasy, mm-hmm. like it's just the, the fantasy is my top for winter, um, and then I was going through what are my favourite fantasies and yeah it was Time Bandits it just sort of zoned in on Time Bandits right basically, so right, yeah nice. I don't think it was it wasn't no it wasn't too difficult it came out pretty quickly no send, um. Have you got any other ones there that you were also considering or also had as a wee top five winter warmer? Yeah, okay. Let me think about winter warmers. Any? Aye, no, no. I feel um, just if you've got any line about. Any going to spare me? Any going to spare that Christmas spirit? I'm going to fuck all. I'm going to fuck all Christmas spirit you get any in the back. Can I get myself a little bit It's funny, it's like, obviously, the, the again, okay, so the, you've got your fantasy ones that I mentioned at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. I used to watch, like, Labyrinth every year. Really? I really don't like it. I never all. really had Labyrinth in my. Same with Dark Crystal. Really? I don't know. Dark, Dark Crystal I had all the time. No, I, I, yeah, I, I tried to watch. I only actually saw Dark Crystal recently and I wasn't even nah, overly enthralled. Really like it. It's too, but I, it's I, too I, bleak, man. Yeah, ah, exactly. Have you, seen the, no. have you seen the rushes of when they wanted all. The, what do you call the big bad the birds? Big boxes. They wanted them to be speaking. A different like a different language. language. Yep, I told, aye. It was going to be Chris, almost entirely subtitled uh, initially. Aye, mental. Like yeah, and again, like films like Never Ending Story. Mm. Uh, again, just those and Krull. Obviously, Krull's a big oh, one. Krull is a fucking. Krull <laughs> feels cold. You can smell <laughs> the crisp air. Yeah. Like you can, you can smell that. You can feel the bite. Uh, in the yep. air when you watch it totally it's, oh it's lovely it's good man. Um, and look the visuals in that see when like she's trapped inside the giant aye oh, I've seen running through the eye that. Oh, whoa <laughs> beautiful <laughs> horses on fire and everything mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> fucking running so fast their hooves are on fire your who? the hooves the hooves the hooves <laughs> are on fire <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you got your obvious ones like you know, you're Back to the Future's your Indiana Jones, your Star Wars. I mean, it's like total cliches, but they're Not there for a reason. Yep. Um, what was the other one I was going to say? Jurassic Park as well. Yep. yep. Massive. Just yep. all those ones that are on it. Yeah, on it. Christmas. Um, no Harry Potter. Although, folk will probably be Harry Potter. Like, for us, it's not Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. So, for a lot of folk, it's going to be Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and mm-hmm. like they're the, I think they're the, the new generation stuff. Probably even like on top of that, like the Peter Jackson thing. Uh, like King Lovely Kong bones. and things like <laughs> I do I, I, <laughs> brain dead let's stick on lovely bones fuck let's stick on prisoners <laughs> um, <laughs> those, it's cold it's snowy it's snowy I don't know, yeah. and then you've got 
you know, a, a, a tradition for me for so long before I finally got them in video was, because there was one on every year, <laughs> but picking up the TV guide and being like, right, what Star Trek films on the telly this Ooh, year? Oh yeah, Star Trek, man. And I think probably a clash between three and four would be the most nice. wintery ones, I think, but probably three. Yeah. Closest to three. I think. <clears throat> um, <Obviously>. Animated <laughs> stuff, like a good a, a, a wee Asterix film on New Year's Day. Ah. Was the, See, like uh, Don Bluth, his films yes, are more Christmas I was about to say Disney. Mm-hmm. Aye, like, I, I never really, Disney's not been a big, like, I love a lot of Disney films and that, but mm-hmm. it's always been Don Bluth for some reason. Like, well, like Five O, was Five O Don Five O, Lamp Before Time, all that. Uh, uh, nymph, Secret and Nymph, Secret uh, and Nymph. Nymph, 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 Secret. I think that's. Uh, <laughs> That's what you are. 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 That's what I'm not, I'm not telling you that you need to watch it. Everyone's I can't a, I used to watch everyone's it. Everyone's a prequel to no, one before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, I. They definitely God, are dying. It's hot today. So normal, big man. <laughs> finally, finally, I think my final ones would be like uh, Studio Ghibli ah, right, stuff. Okay. Those are yeah. really, those are heavy, heavy. Like, um, Especially the ones that are, again, geared towards fantasy, like your. Nausicaa is a big one for me. Just that was the one we watched at your We program. watched, aye, like specifically as well because they do really good English dubs. So, like, Nausicaa's got this. Nausicaa's a big one for me because it's got that 80s animation style. Yes. So, I was, uh, again, me and Owen were talking about this the other day, but I was saying to them, it's like, it reminds me of the cartoons. It makes me feel nostalgic for the, way, the cartoons that I watched as a kid, but it's really well animated. So, it's like, the way that you think those cartoons were, this film actually is. And the sound I, design, and then it's got an English cast of like Mark Hamill, Edward James Olmos, Uma Thurman, Patrick Stewart. Is Liam Neeson? No, is that he's no, that's Ponyo. Ponyo, uh, Oh, that's right. He's a guy that comes out the sea. But, um, Nosca's, yeah, Nosca's good because it's just got that sort of, the way that, um, uh, Ghibli films do that nice kind of windy valleys and yeah, the, yeah. the swaying grass Klonoa and, that Klonoa kind of feel uh, it's very 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 relaxing as yeah, well yeah. it's not like like high action it's not like Akira it's like it's like, it's like just the, just just gout you in front of you no it's a car I know I, I think I lasted maybe 20 minutes here. oh I was away <laughs> I, I, I was away there was, I was a big candle <laughs> candle lit and everything I was like uh, oh yeah, man. I was going to so like a couple of years ago we all got together been up at uh, Richie's and watched a, a bunch of films and funnily enough I was like we're all like right, let's watch Winter Warmers right we all picked one each. What was yours again? What did you pick? The uh, sudden death, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Or was it Di- no Die Hard no. Two? Or no, Die Hard Two. So I and I thought right, a nice winter warmer. The boys haven't seen it. Beautiful girls. Oh. And it was rank fucking. <laughs> and I was so fucking annoyed too because I loved that so much. But I had that like 
quality where I hadn't watched it for years and I loved it when I was wee because I no I idolised all these people but these guys were cool ah, they yeah. all live at home <laughs> and, and they were all, they they're all, all their like, pals and they all drink in the same pub that they drank growing up in and they're all it's like, like broody and like uh-huh. they're all like kind of like oh man everyone's kind of sucky it's like you're right buddy you're uh, right and they had that uh, weird thing where the main character fancied Natalie Portman who was 13 who was 13 yeah, but it was, was kind of done in this dire. weird like weird kind of She's Romant- actually mature. Romanticizing <gasps> they were trying to justify it. it was like, what is this? like she's emotionally mature. It's like the she's judge will not aye. listen. Neither will her dad. When he's wailing on you with a bat, Your Honor. I know. Are you spoke to her? She's emotionally <laughs> seventy. <laughs> <laughs> and then like finding out the guy that scripted it, scripted things to do in every when you're dead. Uh, Old man seen there, pedo outside of primary school. Uh, and then con air. Guys, a pedo in it. There's fucking there's a there's a train. It's, it's like it's like the fucking MDK killer sending the police letters like you'll never you'll never get me. <laughs> That's like his wet bandits. I'm a pedo, you thick cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Next film, the pedo that saved the world. <laughs> the pedo that wrote a film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so we've got, um, we've got, I've got our usual. We've got keyword roundup for. Oh, oh yes. For yes. Tim bandits. Um, right. So, keyword roundup, if anybody's a new listener, is we go on IMDb and I usually find the top sort of 10 best keywords relating to the film that we've just spoke about. So, this is the top 10 keywords for Time Bandits. Uh, toga. <laughs> <laughs> British Renaissance. Theft. <laughs> God, that must be a massive. <laughs> <laughs> Microwave oven. <laughs> Steampunk. Oh, oof. I don't like the following. <laughs> Titanic. Bad parents. <laughs> Puppet show. Lifting someone into the air. <laughs> and number 10. Lifting an adult into the air. <laughs> so there you go. That's good. There's your key old blender. Lifting oh, someone into the air. What the fuck? Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good. Thank you, all of us. All of us. Thank you to all of us. <laughs> thank, you. thank you, all of us. Thank thanks, you, all of us. Thanks. Only thank you to Finley and Richard. <laughs> we we hope you've enjoyed our first part one of Winter Warmers. Yeah. Hopefully you'll go away and watch a wee Winter Warmer yourself. I know. Hopefully you've already watched Time Bandits because if no, then we've literally spoiled Fun the fact whole fucking you. shebang for you. <laughs> There's totally. nothing to know. There's uh, no mystery to it anymore. Uh, you might as well p- put that commentary on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We love you and uh, enjoy the wee break you've got between this and the next one. Aye. 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 I don't know what's the, what's, the scatter, what's, the, what's the release approach. Is it just scatter shot or is it when we feel like it? I'm hoped, I hope we can get them all out before Christmas. Oh, that'd be cut this out. <laughs> aye. Um, aye. And if you want to find us, we're on Twitter at Video Namaste, so come and pester us. Yeah. Right, okay, I'll see you later. Right. Bye. Bye. See you Bye. next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.